This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and on this episode, we're previewing the lacrosse, baseball, and tennis seasons as spring sports begin this week. Plus, women's basketball rolled to a NESCAC quarterfinal win over Hamilton, and women's swimming turned in eight all-NESCAC performances at the conference championships. We catch up with the two swimmers who, combined, were involved in all of them. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. On Saturday, the Bates women's basketball team hosted a NESCAC quarterfinal game against Hamilton at Alumni Gym. The third-seed Bobcats defeated the sixth-seed Continentals, advancing to this Saturday's conference semifinals, where Bates will play second-seed Trinity at 4.30 p.m. on the campus of Bowdoin College. The Bobcats are now 21-4 on the year, and after the victory, sophomore Elsa Delario, who scored 16 points and grabbed nine rebounds, joined the live online broadcast for an interview. Elsa, you know, the first half was pretty close, but you all came out dominant in the third quarter. What was it like at halftime, and how, how you got to such a strong start in the third quarter to take control of this game? Yeah, I think um, we got a little bit sloppy at the end of the second quarter, and we really wanted to clean it up. Also, we knew they had been getting some O-boards, so we wanted to do the same thing and get as many second chances as we could, and I think we did a great job of that in the third quarter and in the second half. You know, it's funny, Allison told me before the game that, you know, Lambeau's really good at drawing fouls. Very and good. so don't try to block her shot necessarily because it might be a foul. You still blocked a few shots today. Did, so what yeah. was clicking for you on defense? I mean, honestly, I was trying to give her a step. I, we were working in that in practice a lot yesterday. Um, but honestly, I guess my hands were just, just there. Like, she, she was trying to use her body, but, I mean, it, it kind of just worked out for me in that way. Well, yeah, what was the experience like hosting the conference tournament game? It must, be, must have felt good, right? So fun. I mean, it's great to have another chance to play an alumni. It's so fun. So, yeah, we love it so much. We hope we get another chance to play here. Yeah, we don't know yet. We'll see I what know. happens. So but, excited. Uh, big win for the Bobcats. Any other thoughts you wanted to share on this victory? Um, we're just, we're not satisfied again. We're hungry, and we want that chip. <laughs> Sounds good. Elsa Delario, thank, thank you so you. much for joining us on the postgame show. A big game once again for the sophomore center out of Harpswell, Maine. She ended up with 16 points, as I mentioned, on 7-15 shooting. She had nine rebounds, two assists, three steals, and four blocks. Just a really well-rounded performance, and she stayed out of foul trouble, and the Bobcats ended up with a 16-point you know, win. The women's swimming and diving team took fourth place out of 11 schools over the weekend at the NASCAC Championships, giving the Bobcats their fourth fourth place finish in their last five trips. It was an impressive weekend with a number of school records falling and a pair of Bobcats winning individual NESCAC titles. Senior captain Grace Wenger won her first career conference championship, taking home first place in the 200-yard freestyle. And junior Sophie Castley won her third conference championship, successfully defending her title, successfully defending her title in the 100-yard backstroke. Success, successful, successfully, successfully defending her title in the 100-yard backstroke. Winger earned all NESCAC honors in four events, and Castley earned six all NESCAC honors. The two joined the Bobcast to talk about an amazing week, which began on Thursday with a record-breaking 
800-yard freestyle relay. Yeah, so we had a pretty good lineup in the 8 free. I think it's the best we had last year because last year it was the same, but Steph Tropper was a bit ill last year. So we knew that we could do something special this year because we couldn't really see the results last year. And it was just a great way to start off the meet. Super high energy. Um, we all had a really good time. Yeah, it was really exciting. For you, Grace, to get your first NESCAC title, how did that feel? Because you've been close. Yes. Yeah, it felt so great. It just kind of felt like a really full circle moment, it being my last NESCACs and everything. And Sophie, you were able to defend your NESCAC title, right, in the 100 back. So take us through that race. Yeah, I honestly, I went abroad in the fall. Right. So I wasn't sure what my results were going to be, but... I had a lot of fun warming up, and then seeing Grace win the two free right before me was truly inspirational. So I, I don't know, kind of left it all in the pool. I told PC, I said, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm going to go out there and try my best. Going abroad, I mean, that can be challenging in swimming in particular because part of your season is in the fall, and you miss out on that. So how were you able to come back and, and, and be so you know strong? Because I, I know we've had swimmers before who maybe they go abroad and come back, and it's not the same, but for you, it seems like you picked up where you left off. I think going abroad really changed my mental aspect around the sport. You know, I, I was really, really – I put a lot of pressure on myself last year, and going abroad, I kind of realized, like, where my priorities needed to be. And I kind of had one semester to myself and my studies, and that really, really helped me. I probably swam, don't tell PC this, ten times when I was abroad. Um, but I was also doing a lot of hiking. Um, yeah, other physical activities that I normally wouldn't have gotten the chance to do if I was swimming that semester. So coming back, I went on a training trip in December, and I put a lot of effort into the pool this semester. I had to get it really, really quick. I had to get back to the point where I was. And it was a bit scary two weeks ago. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to do at all. But CBB was eye-opening. And I'm all glad it came through at the end. And then, Grace, I mean, this, this being your final NESCACs, uh, what was the experience like? I mean, it's uh, obviously a great finish, and I think you were honored for being, having the third most points scored among the seniors ever in your career, at least in the senior class. So what was that like for you? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, we have such a great team this year. I mean, we had so much fun at this meet. It absolutely flew by, and just getting recognized for scoring points was also really just exciting. It felt like a really nice way to wrap up the past few years and it's just it's been such a roller coaster the whole time and just having this group on deck and some amazing swims was just the best kind of last NESCACs I could have asked for. Yeah, a bunch of records fell um, this past weekend. I mean, to see a first year like Sarah Palmer come in and, and break a school record that had stood since I think 2017. I mean, what was it like to see for you there, Sophie? SP is truly an amazing person <laughs> all around in the pool taking her selfies in the back of the bus. Like, she's always there for everyone. Everyone was so happy for her, and she truly deserved it. And then, Grace, I know Peter said, you know, you know, he wasn't sure how the team would do it in SCAX this year because, you know, you got to have a lot of people score points, but it seems like a lot of people did score points. So how cool was that for you as a captain to see that happen? It was so cool. It was great. I mean, we all just kind of went in with this mentality. We were like, we're just going to do what we can. Like, we put the work in, so there's no point in freaking out. We're all just going to go have fun, do our best. And I think that's always been when we compete the best. Um, we went in, like, similar mentality at CBB. And it's just, like, when everyone's relaxed, having a good time, cheering, it's we're at our best. 
Well, speaking of CBB, because you entered the final day of NESCAX a little bit behind Colby in the team standings, and then you surged right past him. So how, how good was that to see Sophie to, to beat Colby there? <laughs> um, Colby honestly had nothing on us. <laughs> That's true. Um, we knew we were going to get them. They had, I think, a... 100 points combined with their two divers. Okay, right. So, and we knew that we could get them through the last session. So, we were honestly worried about Amherst catching us the most. Okay. Yeah. Held off them as well, though. Yeah, Yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the final relay, just take us through that experience. I believe you were both on it, right? To end the meet. Um, You you know, it was your last relay. So, what was that experience like? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, relays are always so much fun. Relays are, like, one of my favorite things to do ever. Um, And we had such a good group of us um and it was just a we were relaxed like we didn't really have to worry about our placement which was kind of nice we were all just going into it we were like let's just do what we can um and we came out fourth which was better than I expected so we were all really happy with it and Sophie for you I think Peter mentioned on an interview a few weeks back that you had talked with him about how you really wanted to you know help the team however you could jumping in different relays so how what's that kind of been like you know mixing it up a little bit it breaks my meet up a lot having yeah. all these random little relays <laughs> right. in because um, at the meet I only did backstroke starts <laughs> and two relay starts and going third, you know, leading off into Grace Wanger is always something that I hope for. Um, yeah, and having her senior meet and leading into Grace in the four for you is awesome. And I saw some sort of thing they did at the end where everyone was like marching around or something. I don't what, what was, what's going on there? I, I couldn't tell. The Vanessa guy posted a video. I didn't know what that yeah, was. Yeah, it's called a conga line. Okay. Oh, that's what that was? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, they played murder on the dance floor, and oh. the Amherst team just got so into it. And everyone yeah, just really followed Yeah, the Amherst team suit. was hype, and they led the, the lead of the conga line. Everyone joined in. I jumped out of the warm up lanes yeah. to join the conga line. It was pretty fun. Yeah, so it's, it seems like it's, the whole atmosphere is, is pretty fun the whole time. I mean, do people are do fe- are people feeling pressure, or is everyone pretty relaxed, it seems like? I mean, I'm sure people are feeling yeah. pressure. Like, there's always the top people who, like, are expected to perform and do really well. But the overall vibe is very relaxed, especially that Sunday night. Everyone's just excited to get through the session and um, finish out. So I mentioned last relay. It's not your last relay because NCAAs are coming up. Last NESCAC relay. Right. But uh, NCAAs coming up in just uh, next month, I believe. Um, and I know the vibe at NCAAs is um, interesting because I feel like the NESCAC schools go from competitors to teammates. Is that what you said before? Is that right, yeah. Grace? Yeah, that's definitely pretty accurate. What are you most looking forward to uh, this, you know, nationals coming up? And how do you prepare in this next uh, month or so, I guess? Yeah, um, we have a really solid group going this year. I think there's seven girls mm-hmm. right now. Um and we have some relays qualified that I think are going to be really fast. And it's just about keeping our heads down and just getting through the next month and just having fun while we're there. That's really what it's about. Like, we've done all the hard work leading up to NESCACs and fought through this meet. And getting to go to NCAAs is just kind of like the icing on the cake. So it's great that we get to go and we're going to do our best. And just having a lot of fun with it is really what we're here to do. And Sophie, what are your thoughts on uh, Nationals coming up in about a month here? Um, I'm pretty excited. I wasn't really expecting to get, well, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> the relays. I knew our relays were going to be pretty solid yeah. going into NESCAGs. But um, for me, Nationals is a lot of fun. And also, um, you mentioned, like, turning the NESCAG into teammates. I think um, – a lot of the pressure that the top girls experience in the finals at night 
um, it's really relieving to me that I can look over to the lane next to me and I know the girl personally that I'm going to swim with. And that also like allows it to be a lot easier when I don't win to be happy for them when they do win. Um, and then just going into nationals, see a lot of familiar faces that you made those connections with at SCAX is a lot of like, it makes it a lot easier. Grace, you know, thoughts you want to mention as, you know, being one of the captains this year on the, the team's performance we haven't got to talk about yet? I don't think so. I'm just really proud of everyone. Everyone's done an amazing job. We have a lot of great swimmers and just great overall people on the team this year. So I couldn't be more grateful. I knew I forgot a question. You all were wearing shirts that said dog cats on them. <laughs> I need an explanation. We, we don't know what's going on here. Who wants to get the explanation? PC has been going through this kind of metaphor all season <laughs> where um, at the beginning of the season and like through training trip, we're dogs. Like, we're running in a pack, like we're here for one another. Mm. And then when taper time comes around, we're cats and we're going <laughs> hunting for our prey. So <laughs> the kind of running joke this year has been like this combination between dogs and cats. So he was like, oh, I'm, I'm a funny guy. Let's do dog cats. <laughs> um, yeah, he surprised us with those T-shirts on the bus ride down yeah. in Middlebury. And it was really funny. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> he thought he was so, he thought he was so he was funny. proud of that yeah. one. So it's been an extended metaphor for him throughout the year. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I, think, I think he enjoys it a bit too much. <laughs> combination, a perfect combination of dogs and cats. Excellent. Well, yeah, Sophie, anything else you wanted to mention we haven't got to talk about in the meet? Um, obviously, another NETSCAC title for you, you know, um, some school records as well. Does anything else you wanted to mention? I'm just really happy. Um, I think this year I really took a step back, and I was able to celebrate a lot more. Um, be there for other people a lot more and I wasn't so focused on my races but instead of like how the team was doing and we had 15 people score mm -hmm. which was pretty insane um, yeah overall just us sneaking into the CMB finals was something that you could use as inspiration because like when I look over in the heat before me like you have Margie McLeod like swimming the 100 back and she got in the the 50 back mm -hmm. through a three-way swim off mm -hmm. like people are like working and everyone's just like feeding off everyone's energy and it was great the squash teams compete at the college squash association team national championships over the weekend the women dropped a pair of matches but the men's team was able to bounce back from a loss to st lawrence to defeat denison and hamilton in the summer's cup consolation bracket first year nikolai bu went undefeated at the number three position for the bobcats finished his rookie campaign on a high note well, Nikolai, for you personally, a 3-0 week there at Team Nationals in Philadelphia. Just take us through the experience, you know, as a first year, you know, making that trip and having so much success there. No, it's, uh, it's a great experience, and it's a huge transition coming from, uh, from Norway, where squash is fairly small, uh, and stepping into the great college squash league with uh, amazing players and amazing teams. It's obviously a very tough competition. It's very motivating and a great experience to, to have such good results playing my first Nationals. I believe your first match was against an opponent from St. Lawrence, and you had to battle back, right? It was a, it was a close one. You had to rally. So take, so take us through that one. Yeah, oh, it was a very close one. Yeah. I actually played him previously as well in the season. Okay. So I won that one 3-0. Three, no, three mm. but, but this time I was down 2-1 in games, and also I was down 5-0 in points. So I, I sort of had to crawl my way back there. But, uh, but luckily I think, uh, I think I managed to pull through pretty well. Uh, I got the fourth game, tying it up. Um, and last game was purely mental and physical. So luckily, I managed to clinch the win. 
Excellent. And then on Sunday, you all got the victory in the Constellation Final against Hamilton, a 5-4 to four, uh, thriller once again. Uh, take us through that match from your perspective and just from the teams. Uh, I believe it all came down to uh, Max Selm, right? Yeah, Max Selm yeah. Was, our, was our savior, finally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we have great history with Hamilton. We, we yeah. won the regular season as well, 5-4. Yep. And, and this match was obviously no different. So I think obviously all the boys were super tired and sore from a long weekend and season. Uh, but we managed to have one last push. I think everyone played uh, really well and pushed extremely hard. Uh, so I think the, the win for us there was very well deserved and extremely exciting too to win against a good school 5-4. Excellent. And then, um, you know, being a first year coming in here, obviously it's a young team, but you're thrown into the fire right away. You're playing at number three. Um, that's pretty high in the lineup. So what's that experience been like all season being so high in the lineup? Oh, that's uh, that's true, yeah. No, I, I played a lot from uh, back home. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of experience coming in here. But uh, it's obviously it's tough competition at top three and coming in as a freshman too because the top players are obviously always going to be strong and physical. And the challenge matches with the boys on the team too are hard. But uh, we have great practices together and we all push each other to, to reach our maximum potential. So you obviously played a lot. You mentioned growing up in Norway. You said those squash not that big in Norway. So how did you first get into the sport? Well, that's a funny story, actually, because as you said, it's it's very small. And when I was a little kid, I think six or seven years old, my brother started playing squash because his best friend at the time actually played. So it's sort of one of those sports you have to know someone who plays it to pick it up. But uh, from the first day, I picked up a squash racket. I just, I just knew that this is probably going to be the sport I choose to play. So that's how I started. You must have known uh, Jesper Phillips then. Indeed, I did. So take us through that. You know, yeah. A guy from Norway who also went to Bates, a little bit older than you. Yeah, no, I've known him my whole life since I started playing playing tournaments with him and traveling with him. So you know, he's a really great guy. And obviously, he introduced me to Bates as uh, both a great school and a great squash program. So he made the, he made the choice very easy for me. Yeah, so when you're, you know, thinking about it, you know, when did you decide, hey, I want to, you know, try my hand at squash in America and, and come to, you know, the U.S. for college? It's, uh, I actually played the, the U.S. Open in 2019 okay. in Boston at Harvard, okay. which was an extremely cool experience. And I watched a lot of good players and I met some coaches, too. So that's also when I met uh, our coach, Reinhold, first. Um, and that's sort of how I got the official introduction to college squash. And I saw the the amazing opportunity it could give you. On our website, you mentioned you were ranked third in Europe in your age category as your best sports memory. So how'd that come about? Yeah, no, when I was when I was under 13 years old, I played uh, obviously a lot of squash and I traveled around all of Europe mm. very competitively. So that's that's my highest ranking that I ever reached was the number three in Europe. So played a lot of those those big tournaments. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, what's it been like transitioning to college squash? Because I know before college, a lot of squash players will tell me. It's not really a team atmosphere, but in college, it's very much a team atmosphere. It's it's extremely different, especially yeah. coming from Norway, too, which uh, indeed is like a very individual sport because it's also a small community. But uh, that's that's actually one of the things I like the most about coming here is that it's turned into a team sport. So, you know, to win the match, you need to win five matches out of nine, which I, I really like. And the atmosphere at matches is just fantastic because everyone obviously is just cheering for each other. What's the level of competition been like, you know, this being your first year? I mean, what have you kind of learned about your game through playing some of these, you know, higher level players? The one thing I've learned is definitely how how much more physical it is here in mm-hmm. college. Uh, every player is extremely fit and well-trained and can run for hours. 
So that's that's the thing I picked up the most, I think, just the, the physical aspect. I've been learning a little bit about the Norwegian alphabet because <laughs> of you. Uh, your last name is B, and then it's an O with a line through it, which is a letter that does not exist in the United States. Correct. And so um, for the people out there, we have your name as B-O-E on the website because that's kind of like how you can Americanize it, if you will. But t- take us through the uh, Norwegian alphabet a little bit and the little bit differences between the U.S. here. <laughs> I mean, we, we got all the same 26 first letters as yep. you guys. But yep. the last ones are, the first one is called A. And then we got Ö, which is my, my last name's right. letter. And then we also got O. So those are the three that, that's different from your guys. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And then, um, you know, what's the transition like to college so far, just kind of in general? I, I really like it. Obviously, I, I came from a public high school in Norway. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, like, academically, it's a, it's a big leap in, in terms of work and difficulty. Also, learning a new language. Uh, but I think it's been really good, and I, I like being busy with with work and all that. Any other thoughts we haven't got to talk about? Anything else you wanted to mention about you know your first year of college squash uh, with the team? You know, in terms of how the team progressed throughout the season, perhaps, or about your own you know individual game, perhaps. I think the team progressed a lot throughout the season. We had we had a bit of a rough season this season. Had a lot of tough matches, but I think as a team we really showed that we that we came together for nationals and we were able to sort of push through one last time and get a great result to finish up the season. And that's a good way to end, end the season to going into next year as well. Certainly, yeah, a couple of victories down there um, in Philadelphia um, at the Arlen Specter Center there at Team Nationals. Uh, Nikolai, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on an uh, undefeated week for you personally there, 3-0 and um, at the biggest stage there at College Squash. Thanks again. Thank you very much. The men's lacrosse team gets their season underway at home this Wednesday at 6 p.m. when the Bobcats host Emerson at Garcelon Field. Head coach Dan Anino enters his second year at the helm of the program, and he previews the season. Well, the men's lacrosse season starts this Wednesday at home against Emerson on Garcelon Field. Head coach Dan Anino previewing the season with us. And coach, it's your second year at the helm with the Bobcats, your second year as a as a head coach. What did you kind of learn from your first year that you're going to apply maybe to this season about your team and about yourself perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think what we focused on in year one was a lot of building the culture um, that we needed to be successful. And we needed to hopefully win games in May and um, you know, we've seen the fruits of that labor show up here throughout the fall, throughout the preseason. And, you know, we're excited to, you know, put a lot of that to the test here uh, starting on Wednesday. And then tell me a little bit about your coaching staff, because I know you have one new assistant and then one who's returning. Yeah. So uh, our offense coordinator is Andrew Smithad, um, who's coming in in his second year here at Bates. Um, and, you know, I think he's ready to help take our offense to uh, to the next level. And um, Kieran McGovern um, joined our staff this year. He was a 2022 grad from Union College, um, where he was a, a two-time captain, two-time All-American, and helped bring that program to its first ever national championship appearance. So, you know, we want to be surrounded by guys who know about program building and, and know about helping to bring teams to the top. Your captains are Jack Douse, Denzel Evans, and also Jake Johnson. Tell me a little bit about these three and what makes them such good leaders. First, I, I think it's you know, humility and, and service. And um, Jake is coming in as, as a two-time captain for us. And, you know, he kind of leads the way in that. And I think he learned a lot of those lessons um, last year in the same way that Denzel is going to learn a lot of those lessons for next year. But, um, you know, those guys are, are our hardest workers. Those guys are, um, you know, the, the first in, last out. But those guys are also empowering their teammates in a really significant way. And, um, you know, that's been a big focus for us is, is creating more leaders on our team. Um, and, and those guys have embodied that. And I think they've created more leaders out of their teammates um, here this year than we've seen, which is pretty special. 
obviously it's a big roster, but um, just you know, based on what you've seen so far in, in preseason and stuff, who should we expect to see maybe in each unit kind of stand out maybe this year starting on the attack perhaps? I think, Aaron, we're going to be pretty young this year. That said, we definitely have some returners who are going to lead the way. And, you know, at attack, Will Masterson is, is uh, returning for us on the left-hand side. And, you know, he's got a ton of talent and skill there. And, you know, in the midfield, guys like Jack and Denzel – will be coming back and, and playing a big role on the defensive side of things. You know, Ben Miller, you know, is another vocal leader for us. And, you know, he's had a really, really good preseason. Um, and then another vocal leader, Colton Curtis, uh, down at close defense, has had a nice season as well so far. So um, we've got a good mix. We're going to have some young guys that are going to make an impact. But we also got some veteran leadership um, out there to, to help lead the way. I know you don't have a ton of time to work with your team before the season, but what are some major impressions you've had from practices so far? Yeah, I mean, I think the intensity and the, and the competitiveness of, of practice um, has taken a big, big step forward. Um, I think we're we're having more fun being out on the field together because that intensity and that competitiveness is there. You know, I think our guys are just going out and really enjoying um, competing against one another uh, each and every day. And makes us that much more excited to go out and compete against someone in another jersey here soon. In terms of the goalie spot, I know you have multiple guys who could possibly see uh, playing time, but how's that looking right now? Yeah, I mean, I think we got three guys who are competing for that job, um, you know, in, in a senior, uh, Spencer Wood, um, in a sophomore, um, Drew Nias, and, and in, a, in a first year, Andrew Toland. And all three of those guys have, have put together stretches where they've looked unbeatable and you know, they're, they're definitely making our shooters better right now, which is which is a ton of fun. Um, maybe not for those shooters. They're getting a little frustrated because those guys are tough to beat. But, you know, it's that competition has been really, really good so far. And then, I mean, with Emerson being your first game here on Wednesday, as a coach, what are you what's some major things you're looking to see from your team to, you know, feel you know, pretty encouraged kind of going forward as we get closer to NESCAC action? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about we just want to put 60 minutes of Bates lacrosse together. We saw it in flashes a year ago. We saw it in bits and pieces. Um, but but coming into this year, we want to find consistency in, in that compete level and that intensity that we talked about seeing in practice. Um, you know, and we think that if we put 60 minutes of, of base lacrosse on the field each and every game, starting with Emerson, you know, we're going to be pretty happy with the result at the end of the at the end of the day and at the end of the year. I know last year you guys were riddled with injuries, but it gave a lot of younger guys an opportunity to get some needed playing time. Uh, was it almost, you know, you know, obviously last year, not a positive thing, but going forward, did it give you guys some, some valuable experience perhaps? Yeah. I mean, I think we got plenty of, plenty of guys uh, time on the field last year, whether it was, uh, you know, by design or not, but you know, we, we certainly want to avoid going through that again with all those injuries. And I think we kind of redoubled our efforts in the weight room um, to help prepare ourselves and prepare our bodies. Um, so hopefully we're not dealing with that, but we're definitely coming back with a group of guys and, and a group of returners who have all um, seen some significant minutes against great competition. And that should hopefully build some confidence as we step on the field here. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about your team that we should know about? We haven't got to talk about it yet um, in advance of our first game here coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm just excited for this group to uh, to show what they can do. Um, you know, I think we're going to surprise some folks and hopefully surprise ourselves a little bit even. And, um, you know, I think in our in our locker room, we know what this team can be and, and we're excited for everybody to see it. All right, Dan, you know, the head coach of the Bates men's lacrosse team, they are opening this Wednesday, the season's here already, 6 o'clock, Garcelon Field, 
versus Emerson. Everyone should check it out. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. The women's lacrosse team is in New Jersey to start their 2024 campaign, taking on number 17, nationally ranked Stevens, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Head coach Renee Dowd enters her third season leading the Bobcats. Head coach Renee Dowd previewing the women's lacrosse season with us here on the Bobcast. They are currently on the road in New Jersey for their opener, which is this Wednesday at number 17, Stevens at four o'clock. And, and Renee, just, I mean, I know you don't get a ton of time to work with your team before the season actually starts, but take us through some major impressions you've seen here year three with your squad here before the year has uh, begun in terms of games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been, you know, two full weeks of practice. We had a scrimmage. Um, so we finally got to see ourselves play against some other competition. Um, but I would say, you know, we're starting off at a really good point this year. Um, you know, the team put a lot of work in the off season. I said the same thing last year, but I really feel like we saw a difference this year. We had a wall ball test, and I think that the team really kind of made that a point to practice. So our stick skills are are much better than last year. And, you know, overall, I feel like we've got a lot of connections on the field, which is really exciting. Tell me a little about your team captains. You've got Isla Cotter along with uh, Sadie O'Neill, Maddie Roloffs, uh, their leadership uh, this season here coming up. But what makes them such strong leaders? Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. And it's, you know, the whole senior class. Um, that's just been incredible this year. Um, you know, they're they're just like in my office all the time. Again, I feel like I say that every year, but you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes to help the team, you know, really be kind of better than we were the the year um, previous. So I think they've been a really been doing a really good job of making sure that they're you know keeping each other accountable. You know, making sure that we're doing a lot of stuff out of out of practice so that we can be successful in the field as a team. If you don't mind, if you could break down each, you know, position like attack, midfield, defense, who are some players who we should watch out for who, who might be, you know, seeing the field here early? Yeah, I mean, I think our offense is pretty exciting. We have our top four uh, leading points scorers coming back this season. So uh, I'm excited to see them kind of thrive again this year with kind of an addition of like, you know, some of the people that got some playing time last year um, and then obviously some first years. Um, but, you know, Caroline Taggart, you know, 42 points. Uh, I expect, you know, her to have another really successful season, but we have a couple new lefties as well. So it'll be, you know, more balanced offense with, you know, just having um, kind of a balanced spread out attack. Um, our midfield we're you know, we're really excited about, again, continuing to have some um, contributors from last year in the midfield and then, you know, adding a couple first years. Um, I think we'll we'll have some more success on the draw this year too, um, because we've competing really hard in practice with that. And then our defense will will look pretty similar to last year. Um, you know, we we lost Allison Gruel, but um, you know, we've got a lot of returners and we actually, you know, moved a, a midi to defense this year in Claire McGeever. So really excited to see, you know, how she kind of thrives in that position because she's really kind of taken that on since the fall. Yeah, so when you have a position change like that, what's the key for the player to kind of uh, adjust, you know, from midfield to defense in terms of learning that? Uh, a, a lot of, uh, I'm sure, new things to uh, focus on, I suppose, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like when we practice our zone, you know, she's playing in different spots than she would normally as a midi. Um, so it's just getting used to kind of the different spots um, on defense, especially playing like around the crease. Um, but she's, again, been been doing that really well and and has shown a lot of promise. So we're excited to see her as a defender. Well, you're opening your season, obviously, with a challenging opponent, a top 25 team, although that's almost every day in the NESCAC, right? So what are you hoping to see from your team on Wednesday to give you some, you know, optimism kind of moving forward, I guess? 
Yeah, I mean, we're looking to compete really hard. I think that's, you know, all we can ask for. And I think that uh, in playing a team that's in the top 25, we've done that the past two years is our first game, which, you know, maybe some coaches wouldn't do that. But I think that, you know, that really does prepare us for our conference. Um, and so it's very exciting to play someone that's really competitive outside of our conference. Um, but in our scrimmage, I felt like, you know, we kind of, we showed up in each position. So, you know, we're looking to do that again um, on Wednesday and, you know, really show them what we can do and hopefully, you know, come out with that win, but just really excited to compete hard, compete together as a family. You have a new assistant coach this year, Hannah Goodwin. Tell us about her. Yeah. So she was a goalie at Roger Williams. Um, it's been a really great addition, you know, for our goalies, um, but also our defense. Um, she's, you know, really, really great at giving that individual feedback. I feel like the the players have taken a lot from her. So it's really exciting to have, you know, a goalie on staff as well to to really help with that goalie position. I'm going to say you do have three goalies on the roster. Tell us about that position battle. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a battle. Again, they're competing each day for that slot. Um, so excited to see, you know, how Wednesday shakes out. And then uh, just any other thoughts you wanted to share kind of on the season we should know um, about the team uh, before we uh, see you all uh, in, in action there at Hoboken on Wednesday? Yeah, just that we're, you know, again, we're competing hard every day. I think something that's really important to us this year and has been in the past couple of years is, you know, being a family. So I would say this team is super close and you'll see some really great connections on the field this year. All right, Renee Dowd, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast and preview the season. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Women's tennis will actually be the first spring sports team to get their season started when they take on NCAA Division II opponent Rollins College in Florida Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. Then, both the women's and men's tennis teams will be in action on Thursday, and head coach Paul Gassingay previews the season for both teams. Well, coach, down in Florida, start the spring season with the tennis teams. Looking forward to uh, some matches against some D2 schools, right? What are you most looking forward to seeing from your teams, both the women's team and the men's team, uh, this opening week here? Well, they came in ready. They were really diligent in the investment season, and they were they were getting after the weights, and they were they were playing every day. Uh, they really came in ready this season. So, uh, luxury this year is we have practiced since February fifth. So I feel like we were more prepared for this trip than we ever have been. But honestly, the the difference between playing indoors on our fast courts in Merrill with no wind um we're really comfortable in there and then coming out here where we the the elements are a factor and today we we had a really good practice uh you know two and a half hours and you know they they were getting after it but it was an adjustment it's like the little steps the little footwork uh that inside you're you're in a vacuum there's no wind and it's just you can lock in on a ball and it, it doesn't really drift that much. We're out here, you, you you have to really be flexible. And so they've they've we're figuring that out this week. And honestly, we're gonna go back indoors for a while when we come home after this week. But it's really helpful to get these reps, uh, to get acclimated to the the weather and to playing outdoors on a slower court where the points are longer and you have to be a little bit more patient, you have to set things up the right way. And, uh, yeah, it's going to get us ready for when we finally do get outside, hopefully later in March, early April. Great. And tell me a little bit about some of the doubles pairings you're excited to see down there in Florida, both on the women's and men's side. Yeah, well, on the women's side, obviously, that's our first match on Wednesday. And, you know, we broke up uh, with uh, 
Joanna Atwater, you know, graduating that, that broke up a really uh, solid pair with her and Allie. And so, you know, we're, we've had to come up with some different combinations, but we have a really strong first year class and it uh, looks like Allie's going to play with Iris on Wednesday. They're, they play really well together. They both have a really uh, strong aptitude for doubles and closing and that great hands. So that's a, a really exciting pairing. And then um, uh, Bella has been playing some amazing doubles and looks like uh, we're going to try her out with Julia, who's another first year. So they're, they're both very athletic and big hitters and, so that's it's exciting. We have some really good pairings, and uh, we're still sorting out the third, the third piece. Uh, but uh, you know, we have Liv uh, Gidlow back, who was abroad in the fall, and she's an amazing doubles player. I see it every day, and her hands are incredible, and uh, she just has this ability to knock off balls, and 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 she can bang it hard, and and really put the ball through the court. Um, so. Um, hopeful that you know she's going to be ready to go uh and and then yeah we'll we'll see you know lizzie's back from being abroad lizzie freco also is uh an amazing athlete and you know just uh an impact player for singles and uh you know our doubles game keeps getting better and stronger and they're more comfortable together so yeah we'll see and then we also have ava lion in the mix uh depending on how um you know people are feeling on uh on wednesday um and Ava's you know playing outstanding tennis her game is actually more suited <clears throat> to um playing outside I think she can grind out there and play the long points and uh but she can also she's really worked hard at her transition game and finishing at the net so um, we have a really good athletic squad that I'm really excited about excellent that's the women's side uh, what about the men what are those combinations we should look, be looking out for there Alex Gujarati and Teo Sardin will play uh, one doubles together. Um, they're super strong, very athletic, big, big doubles game. Obviously, um, you know, we saw some really good stuff from Teo this fall. Um, and uh, Guja has been, you know, at the top of the lineup or near, you know, his whole career. And is just a really dynamic player. And then, um, you know, playing at, at two, Matthew, uh, Danielson and Nikki Desai, um, they're an amazing team. And on a given day, our, our, our teams can beat each other, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're two very strong teams who actually have experience playing together in the past. We've had a lot of mixed up pairings over the years, whether it's for injury or just trying different things. So our guys play a really good brand of doubles. They, they, they know what to do in different situational plays and, so it really doesn't matter who their partner is because they know how to play off each other and fill in um, and uh, and create together. So um, and then, at, you know, at number three, uh, honestly, that's still up in the air. We're going to probably play off for it tomorrow, but we have some exciting pieces, uh, you know, uh, Ben 80 and Crosby Burns, you know, have been working really hard. They playing well together, very athletic. Um, and then we have the first years, uh, Nico Ozer and Philippe Posyagin, who, you know, they're both six foot five, six foot six, have monster serves. But, you know, that's that's the difference. It's like a strategy, right? Like if we're indoors and they're just bombing serves at, you know, 130 miles an hour, then, you know, it's it's easier to make that decision. But outside the ball slows down, there's more 
more nuances to it. So yeah, we'll see how things wrap up tomorrow in practice. Yeah. And the game started against division two opponents. I mean, what is that? I mean, the, I'm sure the players are embracing that challenge. It's something that you've been doing for a number of years now. Um, you don't have to do that, but you choose to. So what's kind of the strategy behind that sort of? Well, really the strategy is it's important to play good competition, but it's so early in the season. None of our NESCAC opponents are even allowed to play yet. So they're still practicing and getting ready. And so uh, in the past we've, you know, for example, when we played in California, we played some top D3, D3 schools, whether it was Pomona, Claremont, Redlands, teams like that. We've had success in, in what then was our first week of practice. But years ago, we played uh, a Division uh, three opponent in Redlands, and it was literally our second day of practice. And we lost uh, like a 7-5 in the third. And that was the deciding match for the entire team match. And we played amazing tennis, but it was our second second day outside. And so, you know, part of the strategy of playing a non-divisional team in our first week outside is to kind of get our feet wet and play some good competition. But going back to that match, you know, we had a really good team that year. And, and you know, it's I've been here many years. I'm trying to remember the exact year, but we ended up being in, in a position for the NCAA tournament. And we were up for a pool C bid. And it was between us and, and Redlands. And the fact that we lost to them in the second day of practice when they had been outside for a month uh, ahead of us, you know, that that really crushed me that, you know, I was doing the right thing, getting great competition. But that really close loss really hurt our team that year. So I've kind of been a little gun shy uh, since then. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. So Division two, Rollins College, it is to start things off and Florida Southern as well. But um, tell us about the captains. Obviously, um, you have for the women, you have Allie Friedman and, and Drew Williams. Drew's a junior. Allie is a senior. Um, Allie's been a leader, I think, pretty much her whole time here. But now has that captain's mantle along with Drew. Tell me about those two. And then also the men with uh, Danielson, Desai and Gouge, as you mentioned before. I mean, Allie and Drew really work well together. Allie's just been like a leader, like you said, from day one. Uh, she's been one of our top players uh, her whole career, singles and doubles. Uh, she really sets a great example, and as does Drew. Um, and they just they compete well, and they they really have uh, uh, the team culture like rock solid. This is every year gets a little stronger, and they they've done just a tremendous job um, getting the team ready. I mean, it, both teams have been getting after it and up early a couple days a week, lifting six 30 in the morning, doing team runs, doing, doing different things together that um, obviously you can prescribe those things as a coach and you want them to do it, but it's, it's uh, in between seasons and they have to buy in and do it because they want to get better. And that takes great leadership and uh, on the guys team as well, you know, Matthew, you know, Gooch and Nikki have, have just been amazing. And, uh, you know, they, they're very selfless and, you know, the whole group of captains and they, they uh, sort of set the tone, but then they don't, don't ask the team to do, as I say, they, they, they show them how. And I think that's really important that, you know, they don't put themselves ahead of anyone and, and, you know, they're, they're willing to help uh, the young guys and gals, you know, figure out how to transition into this, you know, elite, conference and and play 
tough matches day in, day out. And, and that takes a discipline and, you know, that discipline, it's hard to really uh, cement that if it's only in the fall and the spring when I'm there, but these captains have all done a phenomenal job of really locking that culture in. And, and uh, it's evident, you know, I was, I could see it the first day of practice. So. It seems like the schedule is pretty backloaded in terms of home matches. I mean, that's typical, especially for the women. I don't think they have a home match till like uh, mid-April, April 13. So uh, but it's all home matches after that. So tell me about that in terms of the, how the schedule is working out for you guys this year. Well, you know, I don't have that much control over it. NASCAD yeah. does the True. schedule. So um, it flips every year. And last year we were a lot uh, home a lot. So, you know, we, we do the best we can with it. But then, you know, we have that break in March that uh, – we got, we have to use and it's hard because everyone else is in California or somewhere else. So we have to be creative and find uh, opponents in that it sort of becomes a hole in our schedule. If we, if we can't find teams to, to play. And so this year we're taking a trip to Vassar to play a couple of strong teams, men and women. And, and then we play con uh, on the back end of that uh, weekend. And then, uh, yeah. So it'll be nice actually to be, be home down the stretch and after finals and during short term, it, it'll be, uh, it's always fun to be at home that time of the year. Certainly. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the upcoming season for both teams, anything we haven't got to talk about, you wanted to mention the things to watch out for this year, I guess. No, I think it's just really uh, exciting to have a crop of new, young, enthusiastic, really motivated athletes who are, you know, being molded by some of the best people and athletes I've had, um, and they, they, they all get it and they're all working really hard. And, you know, the, the opportunities are there for everyone. And, you know, the model we're trying to emulate is, you know, that you keep training every single day because it could be your, your number today. You could be in the starting lineup. So be, be preparing every single day. Like you are a starter, whether you are or not, because things happen, whether it's illness or, an injury or whatever, and, and they'll be ready to go. And that's what I've seen from this group. So I'm very excited about the way they've been uh, training and the way they have, you know, handled the mental side of the game and, and the way they're on top of their studies and they're, they're doing a really good, great job. All right. Women's tennis opens up at Rollins college on Wednesday. Then both teams are in action Thursday, women's tennis and men's tennis against Florida Southern. And then the men, Wrap up the Florida trip Friday at Rollins. Paul Gassingay, head coach of the Bobcats. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Always a pleasure. The baseball team is in Virginia for three games this week, starting on Thursday when they open with Averett University at 2.30 p.m. Head coach John Martin gives us an inside look at his team. You know, we're excited to head down to Virginia and, and start the season this week. And I don't know. We just wanted to do something different. I just last I remember last year. We were talking about uh, just, you know, what else we could do besides go on the same trip just during the same week to the same place in Florida. And some of the guys were, you know, we should we should try something else. And um, I have some friends in Virginia and, and I was able to hook up with a few games to play. And uh, we're going to head down there and then we're going to head to Tucson in March. So something different. We're going to skip Florida, but the guys are excited and. So am I, and we're ready to get on the bus and uh, get the season underway. Excellent. Well, tell us about your captains. You've got Jack Brennan, Noah Temer, Chris Seminole. These guys all are um, seniors, strong leaders for the team. Uh, tell me a little bit about them, what, what makes them kind of captain material here. 
Yeah, these three guys are are something else. They're pretty special. They they have proven, I think, to all of us um, since they they've arrived on campus, um, like what they're all about, and and that they're all about playing playing baseball, doing things the right way, um, having some fun with it as well. But but let's just you know, I I, I think they all want us to have a great team, um, a great attitude. And, and they want us to go out and compete and play hard. And I, and that's just, that's just the type of people they are. I mean, they're, they're ultra competitive. They love the game. All three of them absolutely love to play baseball. There's no doubt about it. And I think, um, you know, when we got some feedback from our team this year to, to tell us, you know, like who they thought would be, you know, two or three good leaders to kind of help move us forward. These three names came right to the top and, and that's kind of who I had pegged from the beginning. So, um, they're doing a great job. I think that they they're leading by example. They're working hard. Um, you know, I know that they've got my respect and and all the other guys in the in the locker room as well. So um, we're excited for what they're going to bring for us this this season coming up. Yeah, and two of them are infielders. Uh, Seminole kind of found a home at first base last year. Brennan, of course, was your shortstop. Do you envision similar roles for them this season, or is it going to be mixed up a little bit in the infield, perhaps? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, I think Sims uh, can play, you know, any corner position. I, I, Sims can really play anywhere. He's mm-hmm. just a good baseball player. He he just understands the game and um, can adapt and, and uh, you know, he he's, he's comfortable pretty much or, or he acts like he's comfortable pretty much anywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, JB's, I mean, I think he's our shortstop. I think he's our, our guy that we want in that position, you know, shortstop's a tough position to play and, you want an athletic player there that that's got a good baseball IQ and some good instincts and um, and can take care of the baseball on the defensive side of things and you know I don't think there's any question that that he's the guy we want there as much as possible this coming up season so um, you know what we're trying to do though with our infield is kind of move some guys in some different positions so that you know we have those options when it's time to to move pieces around and manage a game and. Um, you know, we're working some guys out at, at second and third and first and third and short and third. So, you know, we just want them to get as comfortable as possible and be able to make plays no matter where we put them if, if the time comes for that. You did graduate some key pieces from last year's team. Obviously, uh, Tyler was a, a great outfielder for you. Jamison had a great year at third base and then Noak behind the plate. So who are some guys you're looking to step up who might be getting some, you know, more playing time this year after um, backing up those guys in previous seasons? Yeah, I mean, you know, we definitely did lose some, uh, you know, some some senior leadership as well as as some some good offensive numbers from some of those guys. Um, you know, I every year is different. I mean, you 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 kind of find your identity as the season goes on, and and you try to put together you know the best roster you can um, with incoming freshmen and and returners, and maybe move some guys in some different positions or ask somebody to kind of fill a role maybe they've never filled before anyway right so you know even though you you lose some guys out of your lineup which we did you look for guys whether it's a first year or a returner that maybe hasn't had as much of an opportunity um and somebody that you think like can handle that and and understands that like hey you know like your first year or two yeah you kind of paid your dues a little bit and you had to wait and see how how it was going to shake out and the guy in front of you was productive and kind of stayed in the lineup but now like it's your time to go like this is a good opportunity for you and we're all about making the most of any opportunity that's one thing that i think these guys understand is like let's let's make the most of any opportunity we get 
Um, and for the guys that are going to step in and fill those roles, I have no idea. I think, you know, in the infield, um, some guys that I, that I think I'm looking to step up, uh, Gibby Sullivan. Um, I think he's, uh, he's come a long way in a short amount of time. He's, he's really matured as a good infielder. Um, his swing looks really good right now. So I, I expect him to step up in the infield a little bit. Um, newcomer, uh, Keegan Ryan has, has looked really good so far. Um, in the outfield, Jack Margoloff, who's a, a sophomore this year, um, didn't play a lot early on last year, but got in more in the back end of the season and, and did a nice job. Um, those two guys in the outfield, you know, I, I like our senior class. I think our senior class, it's a big class. And I think that we've got some guys that understand the brand of baseball we want to play and, and have a blue collar mentality. Um, you know, we always kind of talk about you know, we play on a natural surface here at Bates and, you know, we're the kind of team that's not afraid to get and play in the mud, you mm -hmm. know, and, and get out there and, and, and dive on a, you know, dive after a ball in the mud. Like we don't care. We're tough. We want to play tough. We want to play gritty. And I, you know, I think that a lot of these seniors know what that means and, and they're ready to get out there and get it on. Well, speaking of that, you guys stole 124 bases last year which broke the previous Bates record of 88 in one season. So you smashed that yeah. record. Uh, do you envision this team being as aggressive? I know Jameson was the leader in that category, and he graduated, but there's some guys coming back who sold some bases, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we want to have an aggressive mentality offensively. I mean, we want to put pressure on the defense, uh, put pressure on the pitcher and catcher, um, but be smart about it. Right. I mean, we're calculated with it and uh, we do have a system in place. And last year was kind of something different. Coach Flame came in and and kind of reorganized that a little bit. And that's kind of his style and how he wants to run an offense. And, um, you know, I bought into it and, and I wanted something as well that our team would buy into. And uh, he did a great job with it. And, and I think that, uh, you know, this year, I, I don't know how many we're going to steal, but I mean, we'll always look to put pressure on the defense and be aggressive but be smart about it as well and understand the situation and, and when it's time to go forward and when it's time to kind of maybe put on the brakes a little bit. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but we look pretty good so far. I know you've mentioned you're excited about some of the arms you have available to you on um, pitching wise. Sam Huff obviously had a, had a pretty breakthrough year last year. He's now a senior. Uh, Luke Linhan's been a consistent guy through the years for you. And tell me about this pitching staff a little bit. Sure. Um, so we've got a, a pretty big, senior class and our pitching staff obviously just talked about sam uh sam's looking really good um throwing a lot of strikes um he's got a lot of life on the ball um luke linehan who was obviously a you know kind of a weekly starter for us last year um has done a great job so far i mean, I mean we're only two weeks in so you know this is a small sample size but I, I have no doubt that these guys will will continue to move forward and progress as the year goes on uh noah timmer our captain who we talked about throwing the ball really well um two guys as well um that have been you know pitched significant innings for us over the last couple of years uh corbin mcalpine and jack potash uh, both look really good they came back in good shape they're throwing strikes um i expect them to to log some innings this year as well and uh and big teddy nelson man big teddy he's out there uh you know his his fastball's got a ton of life on it throwing hard um, you know, he's worked out some, some mechanical issues and, um, you know, he looks really good. So I look for all these guys. I mean, all six of these guys to, to contribute this year, uh, on the mound and I know they're ready for it. Um, they've been waiting for this. So, uh, they all look pretty good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what, what the senior class can do as far as anchoring our staff down. 
I was curious, you've added kind of a Maine baseball legend to your coaching staff in, in Dale Plummer, who led University of Maine to the College World Series as a player back in the day. Uh, tell me about his addition to the coaching staff and what impact he might bring. Yeah, Plum is is awesome, man. He's a baseball guy through and through. It's just in his veins. I mean, that's what he is. He's a baseball guy. And and um, when he came to Bates, um, he works in the equipment manager office or equipment room in the athletic department for Bates. And uh, as soon as he got here, I mean, we started talking. And, and I've known him for a long time anyway. But we started talking, and I said, all right, like, so what do we have to do to get you on my staff? And he's like, well, I don't know. I said, no, let's make this happen because you know you want back. <laughs> you want to get back into it and uh you know you're you're already here so the you know the hard part for me is is over with you're already employed at bait so let's make this thing happen and uh he's doing a great job he, he brings a lot of knowledge a lot of fun um good energy you know he's been he's been around baseball his whole life so um he's got a ton of great stories for the guys and um he's doing a little bit of everything you know he's helping with the pitching obviously um you know, he's he was out today hitting ground balls and fly balls and, you know, working with outfielders. And, I mean, he's just, you know, he knows the game. He's very well-rounded in his knowledge on baseball. So, um, we're glad to have him. He's doing a great job. And uh, we're excited to, you know, to get through this season with him as well. Great. Well, anything else you wanted to mention about this team we should know we haven't gotten to talk about yet? I think some other guys that I think will contribute this year. Noah Ackerman, who's a, a senior outfielder. Noah has been just an absolute steadfast on our team. He works really hard. Um, great teammate. Um, you know, he, he's clearly, I mean, a guy that, uh, that loves to play and, and, uh, is, is pretty much a perfectionist. He's always trying to, to do everything the right way, which we appreciate. And, and, uh, you know, I look forward for him, uh, to have a great year. And then Noah Jankowski and Dylan Ascarte, you know, two guys that, um, you know, have seen some time for us. I know Dylan will be behind the dish for us quite a bit this year. And and uh, Jenks is going to be at first base, man. We look for him to be a, a guy to step up in the lineup uh, and get in the middle, you know, to fill one of those spots we were talking about earlier. So, you know, I'm excited for the year. I think we've got a great group of guys. We're having a ton of fun. We're bringing good vibes every day. Ready to get it on on Thursday against Averitt and see what happens, man. Sounds good. Head coach John Martin, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast to preview the baseball season. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Spring sports are here, but winter sports are still going as the skiing teams head to the Middlebury Carnival and the track and field teams compete at the New England Division Three Indoor Championships this weekend. Find the complete schedule at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.